Chapter twenty three of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter twenty three. The walk back to Potsdam through the shaded alleys of Sans Souci was delightful. On her way to the Palace Hotel, she saw a shop where large brown canvas bags were hanging by leather straps. Before the war, these bags were largely in request, being more portable than basket or trunk. Miss Pym detached one with difficulty and carried it off to her room at the hotel. In this she stowed all the letters, the silken coverlet, which she valued as a trophy, and the contents of her rucksack. At first she tried strapping the canvas package round her waist, but it was awkward and bulky, and impeded her movements so she managed with the straps of the discarded bag to fasten it to her shoulders and carry it packwise on her back she did not find it heavy or inconvenient and if miss pym had not been fifty and sober-minded she would have skipped round the room like a kid now mindful of her promise to the baron she fastened the envelopes up against the window-panes and taking a farewell look round the room she left her old rucksack as a memento of her unperceived visit and walked to the potsdam station once in berlin miss pym made her way to the adlon hotel the grander the hotel the more likely she was to secure a room this time she took a fine suite overlooking the linden and in a deep drawer to the handsome wardrobe she bestowed her bundle of course it might be discovered but Miss Pym felt she must take the risk, which was minimized by lock and key. During the uncomfortable journey from Potsdam in the luggage van, Miss Pym had thought out her day in Berlin. Koitzik must be warned. At the number in Merkelstrasse, she might find him, or someone who could be trusted to convey a message to him. And if revolutionary friends were indisposed to put themselves out, Miss Pym must journey to warn him wherever he might be the day was still too young she thought for a visit to the nest of desperadoes miss pym had a melodramatic picture in her mind of revolutionaries sleeping all day in underground bunks and by night armed to the teeth seated at a rough table plotting by the light of guttering candles stuck in bottles so miss pym spent a dreary day examining monuments of warrior kings or wandering through museums she began with the national gallery where she saw without observing some eleven hundred oil paintings and thirty thousand water-colours she next attempted the emperor frederick museum but rejoiced to find it closed at ravenet's picture gallery less fortunate she gained admission and viewed a collection of old berlin masters each picture more frightful than the last the museum of industrial art fairly finished miss pym and drove her to the restaurant royal on the linden where she picked up the best meal she could get but it came to her very forcibly that germany was experiencing a most alarming food shortage the private gormandizing she heard germans complain of miss pym did not believe in there was no sign of it anywhere sausages could still be bought but no english person could trust himself to touch 
that most doubtful composition even the smoked and preserved fish had gone beyond the power of smoke and salt to preserve miss pym was sick of berlin she sat with a cup of coffee at the cafe royal and watched the passers-by till the hot sun disappeared leaving a hot twilight miss pym had not a notion where to look for merkelstrasse a mean street leading down to the spree as the spree meanders all over berlin it would be very difficult to find the only thing was to walk to some poor quarter near the river and inquire from children even this method failed she was frequently misdirected and as often disappointed up and down streets of lofty houses awful tenement buildings teeming with women and children back from munition works miss pym trudged along looking a very woebegone person in bedraggled mourning her feet were so tired she felt as though her boots were soled with lead bitterly she regretted the miles of museum floor she had paced an aged german jew wearing a kind of caftan and an exceedingly dirty smoking-cap bowed to her deeply as she passed and begged the gnädige frau to honour his poor dwelling where possibly some of his antiquities might tempt her miss pym decided to honour him it would be well worth her while to pay some marks for the chance of resting a little while the black underground cellar was crowded with rusty fenders worn-out old stoves lame tables and all the refuse of decayed tenements which had withstood the disintegration of years miss pym sank down on a wooden stool polished by generations of germans possibly goethe's grandmother's cook had sat on that very stool i am afraid you have nothing here which could possibly tempt me sighed miss pym looking round the fact is i am looking for a street a very poor street leading to the spree and no one can direct me i have lived in berlin close on eighty years maybe i could direct you but if you will come into my back shop first i will show you something more tempting than this rubbish he said and lifting back some old clothes hanging on the wall he stooped and led the way through a black hole striking a light he held up a candle and miss pym found herself in a small room lined with very old very bad oil paintings here you see a collection of priceless old masters said the aged jew his eyes glistening but if they do not tempt you i have treasures more portable more valuable and more easily concealed and groping inside his caftan he brought out a leather bag and poured into his hand a little heap of diamonds the majority were small but there was a fair number of large-sized diamonds which glittered in the jew's black hand like fragments of stars take your choice fraulein they are of a fine water priceless gems miss pym turned away i am very sorry but i cannot buy diamonds i am travelling and return to my home in switzerland in a few days i could not buy diamonds even if i wished to do so because i have not enough money but these i would sell you at a quarter of their value o oh, most greatly honoured lady you would make money on them in switzerland four times over what you paid miss pym was firm and stooped to go out through the low doorway 
the old man swept the precious stones back into the leather bag and begged miss pym to select a small raphael or a sketch by rubens but miss pym instinctively objected to being hustled into making purchases once again in the dismal shop the jew resumed his mournful deprecating air perhaps the lady would return on the morrow and view his art treasures by a better light miss pym now longing to be gone as the dusk had deepened into night and poor streets are ill-lighted assured the old man that she might return with a friend who collected pictures could he tell her where merkelstrasse was merkelstrasse leading down to the spree why yes he knew it very well but it had an evil name and it was hardly a safe place to visit at night miss pym insisted that she must go there and if he would accompany her so far she would give him a mark the old man's eyes shone and he readily consented the street was not more than a quarter of an hour's walk he said but it would be hard to describe the turnings End of chapter 23